lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thank you for tuning in here live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And then, of course, there's all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com. That is how you can email the program. Again, that is steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook, where you still every now and then may see hashtag Facebook approved takes. That's where I'm lying to you in order to get you information uh, that will get past fake books, algorithm sensors. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show or just look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Speaking of Gab and Getter, you got the questions ready to go? I do. All right. We will get to your questions. We haven't done one of these in a few weeks. We've been so loaded up with stuff we've had to address. But we will get back to the Monday Town Hall this week. Ask me anything in our Followers on Gab and Getter got to tag team this time. Uh, I just haven't tried Getter yet. It's it's the newer one. So I didn't want to kind of leave our Getter followers hanging out to dry on the first attempt. So I, I put them together with the folks over at Gab where we don't get a ton of reaction when we do ask me anything from them. But I do notice we get questions of a lot of depth, the yeah. questions we do get, right? And there's a really important one about how you staff the show that you're going to need to take up. Uh, so you gave me a hint. You're not supposed to do that. Okay. This one, it's All right. heavy. All right, so we will get to that because remember, I don't see any of these questions uh, ahead of time because I like snotty questions and I like them even, I think they're even snottier and I like them more when I'm blindsided with them. All right, so we will do that in the next hour of the program. You can also find clips of the program uh, live or not live, but free of censorship and free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, the last name is DEA. CE. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. If you're not a Penn State fan, chances are you probably did because that was fugly on Saturday. Yikes. All right. So um, what are we doing today? Oh, first, let me tell you this. Tomorrow is 60 days until Christmas. 60 days until Christmas tomorrow. Christmas time begins a week from today because Halloween's on Sunday. So Christmas time begins November 1st. Uh, went to the mall yesterday with uh, the family. One of the things we've done since the kids were little, it's kind of a family tradition to go look at all the Halloween stores and the spooky shops as a family. We did that yesterday. And of course, uh, my daughter works in the mall. My oldest does, managing one of the stores there. And I noticed that they were already getting the Christmas stuff out, the Christmas displays ready to go for post-Halloween. And of course, Todd, I, I thought of you. Then I grabbed a bottle of vinegar and I poured one out, brother. All right, you. as long as that was done. All right, so, um, but if you are looking for something different to try this Christmas, I want to suggest something that I'm doing uh, for my mama, and they did a phenomenal job. All right, it's called Paint Your Life. Um, if you've got like a, a lot of old time photos that you just can't digitally restore, or you're worried about deterioration, but you don't want to lose those memories. What they do is they've got a team of world-class artists and um, they will get your portrait to you in as little as two weeks and they'll take that family photo or any photo that you want to preserve forever and they will paint it uh, into preservation. It'll be a state-of-the-art painting uh, with a, a lot of different framing options as well. 
Um, I, I took the first photo I have, the oldest photo I have, of, and she's listening right now because she does listen actually every now and then. So I may have just spoiled it, but um, I took the, the oldest photo I am in possession of of my mama and me. And I'm maybe two, three years old. And so she's like 18, right? And, um, and of course, this thing has decolored and faded because it's from the, the mid-1970s, man. This is over 40 years ago now. And I, I just couldn't believe it. It was like that scene in The Wizard of Oz, still one of the all-time greatest scenes in movie history, where everything is that kind of orangish, orangish tint, black and white. Until the moment that that she opens the door and steps into Oz like Alice through the looking glass, right? And the bright Technicolor comes in. That's what it was like. I, I just couldn't believe how beautiful it was. So if you want to try it right now, it is a it makes a great Christmas gift for somebody. All right. 20% off your painting right now. That's 20% off. If you text the word Steve, my first name, text the word Steve to 64,000. All right. Text the word Steve to 64000. Text the word Steve to 64000. Get 20% off right now. Text the word Steve to 64000. And if you want to see some samples, uh, head over to paintyourlife.com. All right. We mentioned what's going on next hour. At the bottom of this hour, we will be rejoined by our good friend Bob Vanderplatz. But before we get to that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the walls closing in on the fiend Fauci. Last week, you'll remember the letter sent from the National Institutes of Health to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, where the NIH not only admitted to funding risky gain-of-function research in China, but also passed the buck to EcoHealth Alliance, the winner of a grant from the NIH. you also remember the NIH claimed EcoHealth had not turned over all of its documentation regarding at least one bat coronavirus experiment gone awry. Well, now, EcoHealth is clapping back at the NIH, telling Vanity Fair... They did indeed turn over all data regarding the experiments. Yes, Vanity Fair is jumping back into the fray on the lab leak investigation with a lengthy piece over the weekend basically exonerating Senator Rand Paul and begging more questions of Dr. Fauci and the NIH. Fauci went on ABC this week to talk about the whole debacle. Neither I nor Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the NIH, lied or misled about what we've done. If constant impulse of lying about research that may have created the worst pandemic of the century wasn't bad enough and funding the scalping of babies at the University of Pittsburgh wasn't bad enough, a bipartisan letter released this weekend is demanding answers from Dr. Fauci about a study his bureaucracy funded in Tunisia which involved trapping beagle puppies' heads in cages while they were eaten alive by sandflies. This research allegedly also involved stripping the beagles of their vocal cords so scientists could work in peace. These allegations come from the White Coat Waste Project, a nonprofit organization who was actually the first to point out U.S. tax money was being used to fund the aforementioned research in Wuhan. The bipartisan letter to the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases was signed by 23 House members, most of whom were Republicans. Checking in on the Branch Covidian cult, Fox News' Neil Cavuto is begging his audience to get vaccinated in the wake of his breakthrough COVID infection. I'm begging you, 
toss them and think of what's good, not only for yourself, but for those around you. If you don't want to do it for yourself, if you think it's a pain in the ass, I get that. Right. But think of others around you. I dare say people who experience this or seen loved ones who've been affected by this or haven't ever died from this are not judging the wisdom of mandates. They're wishing they got vaccinated. The Republican president of the Florida Senate is calling Florida's new Surgeon General unprofessional after he refused to wear a mask in the office of State Senator Tina Polsky. Joseph Lodapo offered to meet with the state senator outside, but she didn't want to. Fifteen days to flatten the curve update. Here's New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. So you basically said this is going to be like, well, it's almost like, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is. So, yep. Yep. Yale epidemiologist Harvey Risch, one of the most cited academics on his topic in the country, had this to say about vaccinating children to Mark Levin on Fox News. What would you do? Would you get your kid vaccinated? Would you talk to your local doctor? If the child has chronic conditions that make their risk appreciable, then there's a reason that they would should be considered for vaccination. Other than that, if, if it were my child, I would homeschool them. Honestly, I would organize with other parents to take them out of the school and create homeschooling environments. There, there's no choice. Your child's life is on the line. It's not a high risk. Vaccination is not a high risk that's going to kill every child by doing so. However, it's enough of a risk that on the average, the benefit is higher for homeschooling than it is for, for vaccination and being in school. The Informed Consent Action Network was able to get an answer from the CDC recently on the question of natural immunity. The CDC admitted to ICANN through ICANN's lawyers at Siri Glimstad that natural immunity from a previous infection provides better protection from serious disease and reinfection than vaccines. Moving on, Virginia Democrat gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe is apparently feeling the pressure. This weekend, he brought in the big gun to his campaign, former President Barack Obama. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars, this fake outrage that the right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. Speaking of those phony culture wars, here's something that never, ever, like, ever happens. The left apologizing for something. The National School Boards Association offered a full-throated apology on Friday for its letter from a few weeks ago calling concerned parents, quote, domestic terrorists. The NSBA said in a letter, quote, We regret and apologize for the letter. There was no justification for some of the language included in the letter. We apologize for the strain and stress this situation has caused. Checking in on Joe Biden. According to the United States intelligence community, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat in the homeland. Checking in on Kamala Harris. I have a motto. I drink, I eat and drink no for breakfast. <laughs> Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she wants to go full minority report on taxation. It's not a wealth tax, but um, a tax on unrealized capital gains of exceptionally wealthy individuals. Yes, Yellen says she wants to tax money you haven't made yet. The largest illegal alien caravan yet is now making its way through Mexico, so look forward to that here in the next couple of weeks. Remember earlier this year when Major League Baseball moved its all-star game out of Georgia because the state had enacted supposedly racist voter laws? Well, in a cosmic turn of irony, the Atlanta Braves punched their ticket to the World Series over the weekend. 
They'll take on the Houston Astros from Texas, a state with similar voter laws. And that's what happened while we were away. All right, that's an outstanding montage and a lot to get there to, uh, as well. Let me A couple of quick things. First of all, before we do, in today's overtime, Dr. Stella Emanuel from America's Frontline Doctors is going to join us. All right, so if you are not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, this would be the time for you to do so. Go to blazetv.com slash dace. Again, that's blazetv.com slash d-e-a-c-e. Get a discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash dace. We will record that interview with Dr. Stella Emanuel from America's Frontline Doctors. We'll record that with her right after today's show, and then it will be uploaded later today. And that's also where, if you are already a Blaze TV subscriber, you will get to watch that later today at blazetv.com slash dace. Uh, also, Aaron's Montage, brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. If you are a pet owner, you've probably heard us talking about Rough Greens for a while now. Um, and, you know, you know, you give your dog food and water. Those are kind of the basics, right? But a lot of the food that you're giving your dog is minus the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that it needs. And same thing happens with the human food that we're eating today, stripped of a lot of that stuff before it leaves the factory for mass consumption and distribution. It's why we take so many supplements these days. Well, now with Rough Greens, that green powder that you sprinkle in with your pet's food, you've got a supplement for your dog to put that stuff back into its diet. But you might be wondering... What happens if my pet doesn't like it? Well, one way to find out is if we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You'll pay for the shipping, but the bag is free when you call 833-ROUGH-DOG, R-U-F-F for 833-ROUGH-DOG. Our, our dog cap loves this stuff, but maybe yours won't. Maybe yours will. Why not see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less? The bag is on us. You pay for the shipping at 833-ROUGH-DOG or make it even simpler. Just go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com. All right, let's let's get to this montage. Um, and what Aaron said there about that NS, NS, uh, National School Board Association, NSBA, uh, that letter, I mean, I'm racking my brain, man. When was the last time you saw a flat out, not, I mean, you can tell when, I mean, the reason the vaccine mandate debate had to begin right after we left hundreds of Americans behind in Afghanistan. It's because the number they, they needed something. They had to switch the topic, right? They were never going to admit this was a disaster. So we've seen that tactic a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Don't admit it's a disaster. Just get off that topic, switch to a different one. And the hope was that there would be enough built-in partisan um, support within their own base that, that they wanted to pick a divisive fight that would sort of pit their base against the other side's base. It hasn't worked out for them that way. It, it's not quite as unpopular as leaving hundreds of, of Americans behind in Afghanistan, but it has not regained any of their momentum whatsoever. This is not a popular issue at all. At all. It's not. But that's why they went to they, they, they went there to get off the Afghanistan issue. So we've seen that tactic quite a bit, yes. right? Deflection. Can you think of the last time they just openly came right out, man, like a member of the French Foreign Legion, waved a white flag and said, our bust, man, totally our bad, didn't mean to do it, gun fired uh, like Alec Baldwin on a set, just fired off, it was a total accident, we didn't mean to fire any shots here, all right, so... I, I don't remember something like that. That's why I was so shocked to yes. texted you guys on Friday night. And I, I, I can't rem, I can't yeah, recall I can't, something can like you, that. I can't either. An unmitigated, like actually saying, yeah. uh, I, we apologize. Yes. But it, it says to me that they know 
that something is very different about November 2nd. Yes. The constituencies coming out, they rely in, in school district elections on very low turnout. Yes. The same people on over again. Yes. And people are angry and they're a coming. Yeah. There, I think it was la- before this announcement, 17 states had either disavowed, state school boards either disavowed. It's over 21 the NA- now. Yeah, is it over 21 now? He either did, either disavowed or rebuked them publicly for this. There's a poll out of Virginia today that shows Glenn Youngkin has a 25-point lead over Terry McAuliffe amongst parents with children in schools. Yo. A 25-point lead amongst parents with children in schools. And you heard Barack Obama, come. You know, they brought him out of the bullpen. Did it, was it me? Was there ten people at this event? I mean, where was all where was all the applause for this? I, I know, I know that you, you, you know, you're, you're over. There were like two hundred people, two hundred people. That's it. That's, that's, that's all he understand that this is the man that turned that state into a into yeah. a blue state. It it was red most of you and I's lives in the in the early two thousands. It became it joined Florida and Ohio in the two thousands as the the three most important swing states, and then he turned it into a. Uh, you know, it's, Republicans are still somewhat competitive there, but he turned it into a light blue state. Barack Obama did, and he's drawing 200 people at an event because I just—I mean, that's the sort of stuff that he's masterful at. That it's not that big of a deal. I'm a nice guy. Deflection. I mean, that that would have that would have drawn you know thousands of people applauding. I think the gal who I think Condoleezza Rice got more applause on the View clip we had last week than what we yes. heard right there. So this is. This is a big-time loser for them, and it goes back to what I told you last week. The economic issues are, what, are not what expands your coalition. The culture war issues, like the whole thing with Janet Yellen and a wealth tax, dude, I, I hope she does it. I'm dead serious. I, I, I hope she, Not a troll. I hope she does it. Why? Because she's going to be mostly taxing people that vote for them. Biden decisively won billionaires in the 2020 election. Barack Obama did the best amongst the wealthiest Americans. The wealthier you were, the more likely you were to vote for him. I, I, I mean, I, I've got no problem if they want to demand more tithe to the church of state from their own parishioners. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to go to your local Catholic parish and, and, and get in the middle of you guys' business about what is a proper amount to tithe to the church, right? I mean, that, that's, that's your church. That's your congregation. That's your business, right? Yeah. This is theirs. I hope she taxes the freaking poop out of them. Frankly, I don't care. I could give a rip. These are the people that are trying, most of them, most of them are the very people who think they get to run our damn lives. I hope they tax them to the freaking hell. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. And most Americans have just given up on notions of limited government and everything else just because there is no such thing anymore. The culture war issues are the wedge issues that drive elections now. That was Trump's secret sauce, is that he was willing to pick fights on the cultural flashpoints that pretty much every standard bearer Republican of the last decade plus could not run fast enough away from. I want to read something to you. Uh, Different topic, if you don't mind. Do you guys, anything else on that bone? Should we move on? They're good. Okay. Dr. Harvey Risch is professor of epidemiology in the Department of Epidemiology and Public Health at the Yale School of Public Health and the Yale School of Medicine. Dr. Risch is associate editor of the Journal of the National Cancer Institute, 
editor of the International Journal of Cancer, was for six years a member of the board of editors at the American Journal of Epidemiology. Dr. Risch is an author of more than 350 original peer-reviewed research publications in the medical literature, and those research papers have been cited by other scientific publications. Are you ready for this? More than 44,000 times. Let me repeat that. Dr. Risch is an author of more than 350 original peer-reviewed research publications in the medical literature, and those research papers have been cited by other scientific publications more than 44,000 times. He is one of the most cited American epidemiologists academically alive in this world today. And what did you hear him just say on national television? Hell no, I wouldn't inject this stuff to my kids. The guy at Yale says I'd homeschool him first. Now, if the name Harvey Risch sounds familiar to you, it's because last spring he wrote an exhaustive piece for Newsweek about the benefits of hydroxychloroquine treating treating against COVID-19 that he himself had actually utilized and some filth of human debris on CNN had quotes from studies that he thought trumped the guy cited 44,000 times who's actually treated patients. Sounds like you have something to say here. Uh, Still, it sounds like a total clock. I'm going with the prime minister of New Zealand and that smug look on her face. You trust that more, don't you, Steve? Quick correction there, Todd. That was not a smug look. That was an overjoyed look. That was ecstasy. It's a fetish, man. Yes. I mean, she just walked into a kink party. Yep. Okay. I mean, just throw on the dog collar and get her a whip. She's getting off on it. Yep. These people, it's, it's to quote the great prophet Brett Bielema, who is looking more prophetic these days. <laughs> it's borderline erotic to them. They literally get off on it. It is a kink. It is a fetish. They cannot get enough. Is Kamala Harris a real human being? I thought anyway, we weren't just, allowed but, to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let, rules. yeah, let's just move on. She got her own code word wrong. Like, what did she do? She said surprise to herself at her own surprise birthday party, guys. She said surprise to herself. All right? (laughs) Trying to have a society here. We live in a society. Yes. You know what I'm killing myself for? That 10 minutes after they moved that all-star game from Atlanta, I didn't take a mortgage payment down on Braves to win the National League pennant. Should have seen that coming. I mean, from a cosmic irony, divine level of trolling, this is actually, the Braves have not been to a World Series since 1999. They are one of the most notorious postseason failures in the history of Major League Baseball. What is it? They won their division or a wild card like 14 years in a row yeah. and won one World Series out of that or right. something. Okay. I mean, this they lost their best player and maybe the best player in the whole damn sport. They lost their best pitcher. Would they win 87 games? Yeah. They were under 500 like on Labor Day or something. 
should have seen it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because what is playing out right now, and and all the countries a stage. There is seriously now a cosmic drama is playing out. You've heard tons of this talk over the years. This is an, about the soul of America. This is actually playing itself out right now. You're you're watching principalities clash in real time and right in front of you right now and if this ain't some 13 year old shepherd boy is sent into the valley of elah to slay goliath to prove a point level of stuff i don't know what is man i mean i don't know what is okay the major league baseball's got to go back to that state for the for its friggin' biggest stage of its entire sport and on multiple nights it's going to be there at least two nights. And they have to be framed as the good guys because yes. the Astros are the other team. Yes. <laughs> the biggest cheaters of all time <laughs> who everybody hates and they still think they're cheating. Come on, man. Come on. Let those who, you see, the, you look at the clouds in the sky and you say, you know, I think it's going to rain. I, 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 I think we should take shelter. You know how to read the signs of the weather, but not the signs of the times. Come on, man. Come on. Let those with ears, let them hear. It doesn't matter whether they win it or not or not. That's not the point. The point now is just that they're there. Okay. They beat a $250 million payroll to get there. Max Scherzer, who like has missed one start in 20 years, who has literally left left the ballpark to go to a wife's birth, come back after he was sure the baby was okay, and pitch that night. I know. Suddenly says, guys, I just got, I got a dead arm. I can't pitch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and also, Are you freaking kidding me? And also, the Washington football team, the Indians changed their name. We're going down there to the Braves, and we're going to be tomahawk chopping <laughs> yeah. all night long. This is, prov- this is some providential level stuff right here. Oh. Okay. Now... Let me look. Let me show you an example of what it looks like, though, when the other place trolls. What does it look like? It looks like your most powerful public official created a virus or helped create a virus that murdered millions of people, including hundreds of thousands of his own countrymen. And then murdered hundreds of thousands more by denying them early treatments like what Harvey Risch was trying to tell us about well over a year ago. Funds this scalping of baby heads at the University of Pittsburgh. Muzzles kindergartners like they're North Korean political prisoners. And now, in a scene right out of a horror movie... Or those faces of death contraband videos that we tried to smuggle into our homes when we were teenagers in the 80s. Remember that series? I do. Right out of right out of faces of death. Locks dogs in cages to be eaten alive by murder insects. And that's when he's not turning millions of you into mRNA lab rats. There's another side of the coin here. This is the mo- this man is the most wicked, vile filth that has ever held any amount of public office in the history of this country, 
and in most others, I would imagine. If he could, he can't, because he's suffering the eternal torment he deserves. But if he could, today from the bowels of hell, Joseph Mengele would blush, would blush at what Anthony Fauci has pulled off. So yes, there is a light and a dark here. You can tell when the light is sending its messages. Look at the way we reacted to that. And then you can tell when the darkness sends theirs. Look how the whole tone of this conversation changed. Oh, yes. We're playing for big stakes here, folks. A cosmic drama is playing out over your civilization right now before your very eyes. Make sure you're on the right side. More importantly, make sure you have chosen a side. There will be a winner here and a loser. There will be no in-between. And we ain't settling this with six periods of two-point conversions. This is all going to be left out on the field. We'll come back. Be joined by our good friend, Bob Vanderplotz. Haven't spoken to him in a few weeks. We'll catch up with him. We also have our Ask Me Anything Monday Town Hall return next hour. So a lot more to come here on the program. Stay tuned. You know, every once in a while, you guys know how much I love the chocolate chip cookie dough chunk built bar. And don't forget, don't, don't worry, I'm going to have one of those later today. But every once in a while, though, you're like, you know what, man, I got to go back to the old standards that kind of hooked me on built bar to begin with. And I had one of the cherry barcias during the last break. Man, forgot how good that is. This is just like the vinyl pulling out the old album. It is. Yeah. yeah Listen to some old school stuff. Yeah. That's a good analogy. Yeah. And kind of takes me back because my grandmother, you know, this time of year, and I don't know how, man. I mean, my whole life, and she died weighing maybe 90 pounds, okay? <clears throat> and and she turned chocolate-covered cherries into a friggin' food group. She's like Elf. I mean, she could eat those things for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's chocolate-covered cherries, chocolate-covered cherries, and chocolate-covered cherries. And this tastes exactly like one of those. It's Cherry Barcia. It's just one of the regular everyday flavors at Built Bar. And yes, they still have the uh, the greatest of all their flavors. Chocolate chip cookie dough is still there. I think blueberry muffin might be available, too. That's one they just launched uh, recently. So if you want to try any of their great flavors, all covered in real chocolate, not loaded with calories or carbs or sugar, but loaded up with protein and great taste, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code right now uh, and take 15% off your order when you use the promo code Dace at Built.com. B-U-I-L-T for Built.com. I... I got three emails over the weekend from people who were like, all right, man, I broke down, tried the chocolate chip cookie dough, and now they're all like, testify. All right, okay. One woman sent me her husband's uh, closet where there are just shelves of Built Bars. My wife actually came to me recently and said, can you just take all your Built Bars and just like put them in like the hydrating drawer in the fridge? 
where you know you keep vegetables and stuff because they just take up too much room. All right, so that's that. This product deserves that level of devotion. All right, built.com, B U I L T. Use the promo code DACE. Our good friend Bob Vanderplotz uh, from the Family Leader. Good to see you again, brother. How you been? Been doing really good. I thought the reason you're in a good mood was Michigan won, but it was the Built Bar. You just said, usually you're not that excited to see me, but you're kind of excited to see me. I think not, 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 <laughs> not happy about a win where you average more yards per rush than you do per pass attempt because. That's how you get your rear end kicked at the end of the year by Ohio State again. So, no, not exactly happy about that right now. But you still like the Built Bar? I do. Okay, let's yep. stay there. All right, yeah, Built Bar are, are, are going to help me self-medicate uh, through the, uh, the last Saturday in November now, apparently. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get to what's going on in the news. And we just did a, com- a contrast before you came on. Um, that I, I absolutely, you know, we hear cliches. It's right up there with... This is the most important election of our lifetimes, right? I've heard that. Uh, my whole life. We, but you've heard a lot of, you know, this election is about the soul of America. We've heard that pretty much every I've heard that. election as well. I actually think, though, we are right now watching this cosmically. You're watching principalities cosmically play themselves out for the, the future of this civilization right out in the, in the natural world right now. Um, and it's, you know, it's with those who have ears to hear, let them hear kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I used two examples. So earlier this year, Major League Baseball said that they had to move their all-star game out of uh, racist Georgia. Okay. And now a team that a month and a half ago had a losing record, lost its best player, who's arguably the best player in the world, lost its best pitcher, hasn't been to a World Series since 1999, is maybe the most notorious postseason faceplant franchise of the last 30 years of Major League Baseball. Found a way now to get all the way to the World Series, including beating the defending champs with a $250 million payroll, whose future Hall of Fame pitcher for the first time in his entire life got up one morning and just decided in a decisive game, I cannot pitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? And and now they're in the World Series. And where will that where will those World Series games on the even on the sports biggest stage be played? Georgia. In Georgia. Yeah, and the opponent will be a team from a state that has just actually passed a very similar law to Georgia's. Texas. Texas, okay? But then you see the story that emerged over the weekend of Anthony Fauci. So that so that's that's one side is clearly that's that's sending a shepherd boy, a, a barely teenage shepherd boy who's not even shaving yet to take down Goliath in the Valley of Elah, in my opinion, level of providential trolling right there. And I have to tell you, there's a lot of Braves fans because of what you just said. A lot of people cheering on the Braves that Georgia gets their their due. Mm -hmm. If they were playing somebody like San Francisco, it'd be big time Atlanta. But they're playing Texas, which makes it, you you guys are both kind of good. But what they're really doing is sticking it to the Major League Baseball. Yes, and now they have to now they have to be there for a, a far bigger event than the All Star Game. Exactly. But then there was another story that emerged over the weekend that this is what it looks like when the other team trolls. So, this is a guy that funded research at the University of Pittsburgh that scalps heads of of, of aborted babies of kill of murdered babies. Um, likely either funded or did the research that created COVID nineteen, or at the very least wrist created something like it or worse if it wasn't this specific virus muzzles your kindergartners like they're political prisoners in pyongyang with masks 
Uh, who knows how many hundreds of thousands of people denied early treatments. My email inbox again loaded up this weekend with stories of people who can't get treatments to their loved ones and they're told just to stay there till they get on a ventilator, which is a flip of a coin whether you ever will get out of the hospital. All right. Now, now you're an mRNA lab rat. And after you've been vaccinated twice, you're, any day now, you're going to be told if you've not taken a third injection, you will no longer be considered fully vaccinated. That's coming. That is coming. Any day. Now we find out that he also literally funded research that put dogs in cages to be eaten alive by murder insects. Anthony Fauci, if Joseph Mengele could, he'd blush. He's the worst, most vile filth that's ever held any form of a public office in this country's history and probably in many others for that matter. So you were at a meeting over the weekend that you were telling me about, a gathering of a who's who of conservative leaders, which is why they won't invite me to things like that. And I want to know how much of this was just talk and let's just go back to our same mail-in fundraising letters, all right, and vote GOP to vote yourself out of this mess. Do they understand the stakes we are playing for here? You know, Steve, it's a great question. First of all, let's go back to Fauci. Why does this guy still have a platform? Why did he have a platform to begin with? And I happen to believe voter fraud, not voter fraud, whatever you might say, if Trump would have fired Fauci early on, he'd be president of the United States. I completely agree with that. Yes. And that said, the, the gathering of the who's who was not organizations sending out the fundraising letters saying, just keep me in business, keep me in business. These are actually the donors who write out the big checks to a lot of entities. And I'm telling you, they're after- So they called the meeting and said, come hither. Exactly. Okay. So they and, wanted to see if the people yeah. they're giving money to know the stakes were playing for Amen. You. And the reason okay. why they invited me to speak, uh, it still remains to be seen, but it was just an honor to be there. The thing is, I said this to Darla, I think they've reached their Popeye moment. This is all I can stand, can stand it no more. And what they're doing is they're seeing their freedom being taken away. They're seeing this country- Basically, what Dr. Dobson said 30 years ago, the fundamental question is either God is or God isn't. And if God is, we should line up our principles and precepts towards him. And if God isn't, then, you know, just, you know, have it your way, kind of what they want to have. And that's what you're seeing with the cosmic battle play out today. But the two big issues that were, I'd say three big issues that were brought up. One is the vaccine mandates. Like, who told us to bend the knee? And that we just kneel at any time they tell us to kneel, we kneel. And they're not saying that if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. They're just saying, give us the best information. Let us make our decision. You know, it's our body, our choice. You know, that, that's what they're saying when it comes to abortions, but not to vaccine mandates. And there was the election integrity. You know, that we need to be able to trust our elections. Uh, election fraud's been something that's been happening for 100 years. But in 2016, you got Hillary saying that the election was stolen. 2020, uh, obviously Trump saying the election was stolen. Now the 2018 yeah, election, yeah. that Terry McAuliffe is resetting that Stacey Abrams was robbed of being governor a, a, of Georgia. Exactly. She lost by 50,000 votes, yeah. like five times the vote margin that Trump lost the state But by. But the key, is, uh, the key is, is that we need to be able to trust our elections. And as I reminded them, that is a state issue. The state of Iowa, we had a congressional race come down to six votes, and nobody in our state was yelling election fraud. Why? We had checks and accountability all, all the way through, and Miller Meeks gets to be a congresswoman because of that. 
Your states determine your election integrity. And we've tightened up our election integrity since then. You do not want the feds taking that over. But the other one, I would say, Steve, and I think what was kind of obvious, um, these are players. These, these people were players of this conference I went to. They really like that Trump did what he said he was going to do and how he advanced the ball down the field. He had a bold and courageous spirit. But I didn't sense from them that they want Trump back. But they want somebody with a bold and courageous spirit. And there's a lot of talk about Mike Pompeo. There's a lot of talk about Ron DeSantis. There was talk about a Ted Cruz. There's talk about who's that next one to have that bold and courageous spirit who can win in 2024. Because the one thing they, they said over and over again, we need to win in order to advance. Because if you don't win, obviously you don't govern and you can't lead. And we see the, the, the consequences of that. So I see people taking this exceptionally serious. They see, I believe, the stakes have never been higher. And we need to go all in to do our part. Tell me about this group. Can you tell me who else? Can you tell our audience who else spoke there or not? Are you guys all? No, no, no. We're not sworn secrets at all. First of all, it was Dr. Dobson's The Gathering. Uh, He's done this for 30 years when he's with folks on the family. Now he's my family talk. So he was, I've always said with Dr. Dobson, he was ahead of the curve on a lot of things, on life, on marriage. Uh, And so he was bringing these donors together already saying, you know, we're better together. We can pool resources kind of better together. So Pompeo spoke, Eric Metaxas spoke, uh, Ben Carson spoke, uh, Michael Flynn spoke, Michelle Bachman spoke, uh, Jonathan Kahn, the guy who wrote The Harbinger, uh, he spoke. So there was a lot of big name speakers that spoke, and they're all basically sounding the battle cry of kind of your words, Steve, revival or bust. You know, that's basically mm-hmm. where we're at. Mm-hmm. It's a revival or or bus moment. My 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 remarks that came uh, yesterday morning. I closed out the session was all on the Daniel impact that the powers in the states, anchored by the bride of Christ, that still believes in the inerrance, the inerrant word of God, and that Jesus is the way and not a way. And God can use a remnant like that. We're seeing it in the state of Iowa. We're seeing it in the 11 other states that we're currently in. We're hoping that we're in 24 by 24 and one day all 50. But I believe we can turn this country back. But it's going to be done by the state level and the remnant of the gospel-believing church. How, moving forward, Trump is going to run again. Sure. I, I mean, if he's healthy, he's running again. Okay. How committed to Trump would you say this group was before he became the presumptive nominee in 2016? Oh, I, 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 think, I mean, do you think that this is a group of people that were MAGA Trump from day one? and Or are these people that, hey, he's the nominee now and we can't let the communist win? And then he eventually won them over more with how he governed pre-COVID. I think the latter. I think, first of all, a lot of them probably kind of like Trump because he was a non-conventional candidate, mm-hmm. but they're supporting Cruz or they're supporting Rubio or somebody else. They weren't supporting Trump. Trump probably would have been their fifth, sixth, or 17th candidate okay. of okay. choice. But then so, when, so basically people that were already Trump skeptical are still Trump skeptical. However, I, I wouldn't say they're even Trump skeptical. They're they're skeptical of Trump right now, not because of how he would lead as president, because he showed how he would lead as president. 
Right, we, well, we had two presidencies. Yeah. We had Trump pre-March 16th, and yep. then we had Trump post-March 16th. That's fair. Yep. Where they're really skeptical of Trump, though, is can he win? Will America go back to him? And I think what they're doing is they're, they're looking at who are the alternatives out there. Now Mike Pompeo spoke. And I'm telling you, Mike Pompeo, uh, he looks like Mike Huckabee of 2008. He's lost a lot of weight. He looks great. He gave the best message that I've heard him give. And then he did a stellar interview in front of that group. And a lot of people are saying, this guy is prepared to be president. And we think he, he could actually win. Now, we know that's early on. But a lot of others talking about Ron DeSantis, obviously. They love what Ron DeSantis is doing in florida he's got to win re-election first sure yeah yeah and they, and they talked about that as well but i guess what i'm saying is that will trump run again or not i agree with you i believe he will because i believe it's not like Donald trump not to run again he first of all he wants to be in the fight and he wants the focus to be on him and he believes that he's the best one to carry the ball however as i told them uh around dinner tables when they asked me on my insight i think trump limits a primary but he does not eliminate a primary. I still think there will be a primary. The question will be, will they challenge him from the right? If they do, they may have a shot. Or do they challenge from the left, which I think they get crushed. We got to go here in a minute. I, what I think is somebody asked me about this in my inbox, actually just yesterday. We've got all this focus on this Virginia governor's race. Why aren't there any Trump events there? Why isn't he going there? Obama was just there. And it's because he's, he is a very polarizing figure. There are certain untraditional uh, constituencies that the GOP has struggled to reach that Trump uniquely reaches. And, and we've seen that. I mean, when you and I got into doing full-time activism in this state, this was a purple to trending blue state. Yep. Now it's, it's redder than Texas is now. Yep. Okay? And it's freer than Texas. And, and he, has had, he has played a role in that, no yes, question. Yes, Okay. But then you look at a state like Virginia, which is so heavily suburban, you can't send him there. Right. If, 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 if I'm the Yunkin campaign and Jeff Rose running that campaign, yep. now you and I both know well, I don't want Trump anywhere near that because I'm trying to win back a bunch of suburban right. voters he turned off. OK, and, and, and if I'm the if I'm the if I'm the McAuliffe campaign, I'm on my knees begging Trump to do an event in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So I want it because I want to run against him other than Glenn Youngkin. So this is the this is the unique dynamic where he brings in constituencies we need at the expense of other constituencies we used to have that we need to bring back at least to some extent in order to re reset the board. And so there is a bit of a chess game being played here. I, I, talked I got to, about a minute. Go I ahead. talked to an influential person from Virginia. I asked him exactly about this with Yunkin, how he's playing with Trump. And he said, well, he's not having Trump in to do a rally because of exactly that. I don't want to be caught embracing Trump. He said, however, the difference is if you live in Lynchburg, you're going to see targeted advertising about how Yunkin and Trump are kind of mm -hmm. together. Which is where Liberty University is. If yeah. you're in Alexandria, yeah, it's not there at all. So right. they're being smart with their messaging, and it looks like a razor-thin race. It would send a message and a shockwave, I think, through Democrats if Yunkin wins that thing. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. You bet. God bless you. Same to you. We'll come back. Hour two coming your way. We'll go to our followers on Gab and Getter for our Monday Town Hall, and we'll play our little game of Ask Me Anything next. We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. And I am looking forward to what's coming. It's been too long since we've lined up 
hopefully some snotty questions for an Ask Me Anything. We will do that here in just a few moments. But first, a reminder, let us know what you think about what we think. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Look for us as well without any censorship whatsoever on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Gab and Getter our followers there. You will be asking the questions we'll be answering here in just a few minutes, so thank you. Uh, see clips of the show that are free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And again, that's D-E-A-C-E. Thanks to all of you that are podcast listeners. You're a huge part of our show's continued growth and success. Thank you. If you haven't had a chance yet to do this, though, please leave us a five-star review as well as hit the subscribe or follow button. And we want to thank all of you, because there's many, each and every one of you that has done that for us already. I also want to thank Rhonda Judy. She sent us all uh, DVDs, the three of us, sent us DVDs of season two of The Chosen. So thank you very much. When I went to put it on my shelf over the weekend, I realized that someone had previously sent me season one. Remember I kept saying I was waiting around for it, for it to be up on a streaming yeah. platform I could access on my TV in the man cave, and then I realized, oh, I had this DVD on my shelf the entire time I could have watched. So, my bad. Whoever sent that DVD of season one to me, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I wanted to mention uh, Rhonda. That was very, very kind. And she also says, by the way, Men Who Love God is the new sexy. So, I thought I would pass that along to the two of you guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, thank you very much, Rhonda. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Uh, don't forget Dr. Stella Emanuel will be, our, will be our guest in the overtime today from America's Frontline Doctor. So if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go to watch that later today. We will record it right after today's show. And blazetv.com slash dace is where you can go to become a Blaze TV subscriber as well. Finally, um, since I get asked about this a lot, um, the movie, the nefarious movie. The, uh, the, the folks at Believe Entertainment are moving the operation from L.A. or Burbank, where they're stationed, to Oklahoma City to begin final prep work to start, prep work, I should say, uh, to start filming Nefarious in November. They're, they're, that, uh, that actually begins today. So this is a very big week, and the next couple of weeks are a very big week. Everything is done except the casting, and we're working our way through that, so... You know, we, we're, we're, we're trying to get like clear direction of where we think the Lord wants us to go on this. So any of you all that are praying of the praying variety that could help along with those lines would be greatly appreciated because um, let's just say the orchestra is warming up in the pit and we need a conductor. <laughs> All right. All right. So the show doesn't, the show's not going to start for another few weeks, but if it goes another couple of weeks, we all might be like that Spider-Man gif. Are you conducting? Are you conducting? Are you conducting? All right. So um, prayers would be appreciated as we get through this final yet substantive hurdle to adapting nefarious, uh, the motion picture. Um, so there you go. All right. Let's get to our Money Town Hall brought to you by... Our friends at home, Title Lock, you know, the Social Security Administration, Health and Human Services, uh, the U.S. Census Bureau, their computer servers are often decades old, which makes them more prone to attacks, cyber crimes, hackers, and exposure of your 
personal info, which makes you then more vulnerable to home title theft. Because even if they can't steal your identity, if, if you've got good identity theft protection, and all of us these days should, they can still get information about your identity that they can then use to go to a public database where your home's title is kept, pretend they're you, and then make it look like you've sold your home to them on a quick claim deed so they get access now to your home's equity. And a lot of times you don't find out until the stuff starts showing up in the mail or the calls start coming in that you don't ever want to receive. Make sure this doesn't happen to you with our friends at Home Title Lock because neither your mortgage lender no, nor your homeowner's insurance can protect you. But this is all Home Title Lock does, help you protect your most valuable investments, your home. And right now, if you use the promo code RADIO, uh, you can get 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com and also find out if you're already a victim and weren't aware of it. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO to get 30 free days of protection today. All right, let's get to our Monday town hall. Ask me anything. We went to our followers on Gab and Getter. Did you single out who was from Gab or who was from Getter, by the way? I I remember. It's okay. mostly Gab. Okay, but but we're trying to cultivate that Getter. So when the Getter yes. folks show up, make sure we give them a shout yes. out. Okay, no topic is off limits. I don't know these questions ahead of time. In fact, I think this is the first time in a year plus we've been doing this that you've even given, a, given me a hint of what is coming, right? Um, and snotty questions are supposed to go to the front of the line if Todd and Aaron did their jobs, right? All right. So this is, Todd, you've selected the questions. Yes. Aaron will now read them. And this will be the first I've heard about them. Let's, let's let it rip. All right. We'll begin with Andrew Garofalo. Have you seen recent articles about removing the American way from Superman's motto? Recently, Captain America said he doesn't believe in the American dream in comics. Can you talk about how destroying our myths, stories, and heroes is linked to tearing down our statues and rewriting our history? Andrew, great connecting of the dots there. Uh, One of the things that, speaking of nefarious, uh, if you read the book, the original, uh, A Nefarious Plot, one of the things that nefarious makes very clear is anything, anything that causes you meat bags, to look up or look out beyond yourselves or look up beyond yourselves. Hell is against it. Anything. Anything that causes you to appeal to the transcendent. Anything. Anything they're against. Why? Because what's original sin? What's the tagline, the catchphrase of original sin? Ye be like God. That we are our own gods. We are gods. Now, where would that, where was that tagline, uh, where was the proof of concept originated? Well, the prophet Isaiah, talking about the fall of, the fall of, of Lucifer. And he quotes Lucifer as saying, I will be like the most high. That's another word, way of saying what? Lucifer is saying, I will be like God. So, you know, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul puts a finer point on this when he says, all of us will be slaves or bondservants to something spiritually, meaning something spiritually we will be tethered to and we will be be vulnerable to. We will be guided by either Christ or the other place, okay? 
Well, what does it look like when you're bonded to the other place? You're your own God. You are your own God. What's the highest level of being in creation? It's not God. God is transcendent above, around, and over creation. It's us made in God's image. We are. And so therefore, when we're given over to our own depraved minds, what do we end up worshiping, really? Ourselves. We end up worshiping ourselves. So anything that points us to something transcendent, hell is against anything. Because the beginning of opening the door, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. The beginning of contemplating opening that door is contemplating that there's something beyond me in this life. There's some other purpose, mission here I'm, I'm supposed to fulfill. Shouldn't there be any way? Shouldn't there at least be any way to make sense of all of this? Anything that appeals to transcendence, hell is against. And so what you're talking about there, Andrew, with the removal of, of our own American versions of mythology, what is the character of Superman? Do you know the, the, the story of how he was created? He was created by two Jewish guys in the 1930s, and he was meant to be uh, a compilation of Moses and a secular messianic character. Now, as two non-messianic Jewish guys, they didn't say Christological, but in our understanding as Christians of the New Testament, we would look at messianic as Christological. For example, Moses is fled, has to leave a dying uh, civilization, and his parents, they put him in the basket and sent him up the river, right? Okay? What happens with Superman and Krypton? His parents put him in the ship and sent him out to, out to space instead of out to sea. All right? So th- th- this, these are direct mosaic Christological references and allegories. Direct. The S on the chest, what does it mean? It's a Kryptonian symbol for hope, okay? These are all direct allegories. The idea of an altruistic hero who does the right thing for the right reasons. Selflessly. He's both human and and not. Who's that a reference to? Okay. So is he fully Clark Kent? Yes. Is he fully, though, the man of tomorrow, the man of steel? Yep. Is he both of those things at the same time? Yep. Okay. Does he deliver people from evil? Does he deliver people from bondage? Does he deliver people from um, from captivity? Yep. So, of course, there's an interest. And some marketing firms, I've seen surveys of this, next to the cross, the most recognizable worldwide symbol is the S of Superman. That's how potent this character has been for the last going on, what, 90 years now. So, of course, these things are targets. Of course, Captain America is now an agent of Hydra. These are, in, in, in Marxist tactics, this is what is called agitprop. And this is where you take the symbols and the slogans of the civilization that you are attempting to replace and you deconstruct them so that they now, they now become yours. And that's what's going on here. 
because now they're no longer transcendent. You take all transcendence away. When you take transcendence away from people, what do you really take away? What's the Kryptonian word for the symbol on Superman's chest? Hope. Hope. Take transcendence away from people, you take away hope. And therefore, the only place they will put their hope ultimately in those situations is where? The state. Or themselves. Same difference. Great first question. Next up, we go to Ghost, who uh, has this to say. Not really sure what the question is. Just what do you think about this statement? Everyone, please consider this. Southwest Airlines was not a win. Delta was not a win. Everyone is still being placed into categories because the goal is the passport. It's not about the shots. Again, the goal is the passport. This infrastructure is being implemented right now and adopted globally. This is what must be resisted at all costs. Um, Agree to some extent. I would not say that, that them pushing back on not firing a bunch of their employees is not a win. I wouldn't go that far. I would say, though, it is not a sufficient win. This is not the same as the NSAB flat out, man, going mea culpa, mea culpa, maxima mea culpa. On the whole, you're a domestic terrorist if you want to address your school board and put your employees and remind them the order of things. That's what a total and complete win looks like, right? Yes. Yes. This isn't it. I agree. And I think several of you have reminded me, is it, isn't it Delta that still has the two-tiered insurance Correct. System for employees that the unvaccinated have to pay $200 more a month mm-hmm. per member of the household or something like that. Okay. So this is not, this is, this is not a complete win, but I would not say it is not a win at all. And, I'll, and the reason I wouldn't say that is twofold. One, those people who, who refuse to take them are, I'm sorry, um, the jab. Uh, they're still part of the company now. So we still have the canary in the coal mine doesn't always have to be on the other side's team. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we've still got, we've still got people there. That's number one. Number two, it didn't take long for them to see there's going to be a level of resistance here that really has not existed in a lot of other places. And more resistance than they anticipated. That being said, and who was this ghostwriter there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, ghostwriter, it's wise of you for uh, to point us, though, to what the ultimate goal is here. Okay? And the ultimate goal is here is this social credit system driven around vaccina- vaccination passports. Because the ultimate goal is a social credit system. They just needed something that justified it, and the and the and they're going to use the virus to be the MacGuffin of the of the of the script. So on that, wholeheartedly agree with you. Let us not rest on our laurels. Let us not take the eye off the prize. But I wouldn't go so far as to say it's not a win whatsoever. At the exact same time, you guys have any thoughts on that one? No, I agree entirely. Next up, we go to Stephen Vota. My understanding after hearing your conversations with the last couple of doctors on your program is that if there's an indeed ADE caused by the vax, that it may eventually coerce those without natural immunity to get the jab because the strains would get so bad. 
given the newish data coming out that is showing more and more that the vaxxed are actually more susceptible to getting COVID, that the vaxxed may not acquire the same full natural immunity even after recovering from COVID that an unvaxxed would, and that the vaxxed may be more susceptible to other diseases because the jab may harm the immune system in general. Are you prepared to say now that under no circumstances should anyone get the jab? First of all, Stephen, this is excellent question framing. You have framed the the current situation we are facing accurately. And to go back to the phrase ADE, antibody dependent enhancement. And what happens with that is that the vaccine loses the a vaccine loses the evolutionary battle with the pathogen that it was created to to mitigate against meaning that the superior strain interferes with the vaccine that the vaccine's a weak product and there is a level of viral interference like the flu went away last year because we had viral interference from covid-19 right okay and that, and that, therefore, your attempts to mitigate the, the, the virus with an inferior product strengthens the virus and ensuing strains. Now, another option that Dr. McCullough presented on our show last week, I believe he called it antigenetic mm-hmm. escape. Is that, is that the, yep. the, the and, and, and my, my understanding of what he meant by that, and if I'm wrong by, please correct me, folks. I just learned everything I've known about this in the last year and a half and never even thought to even research this before. I'm, I'm a Theo nerd, okay? I, I just had to, I'm, I'm, I'm researching my enemy in real time. So if I'm wrong, please correct me. But my, my understanding of, 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 of antigenetic escape is just that, um, is, is what Dr. McCullough means by that, which is why he's saying stop mass vaccination, is that, Instead of going to ADE, and he did say last week we could eventually get to ADE, but we, we start here where it's the vaccinated that are now getting the worst of it themselves. Is, am I, is, does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm wrong, I know that we mm-hmm. have people that know this stuff in the audience. Tell us, okay? <clears throat> and the way that you framed the question there, let me say this blanketly too. It will take a lot for me um, as a non- non-physician to flat out say no one should get something like this. Unlike a lot of the public health officials that have been making decisions for the last year and a half, I'm going to actually recognize what my limits of my knowledge and expertise are. That all being said, At this point in time, speaking for me and people I care about that have asked me this, because, Stephen, I'm seeing in the data, and we're going to go over this more thoroughly tomorrow, and fake news or not, by the way, because the data is showing what you are describing. I am not, I've not recommended to anybody in my circle unless they, unless they're, and I wouldn't unless they're well into their 70s, loaded with comorbidities. Or they're maybe middle-aged now and loaded with comorbidities because we are seeing this hit younger men now. 
I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I recommended my mom get vaccinated right away last winter. I'm like, I, I don't, I wouldn't get one of these boosters. I don't think she will. So I, I don't, I'm not in a position to make blanket public health statements like that for millions and millions of people. I don't know everybody's situation. And that's not my job. And I've seen as many COVID patients in the last 19 months as Anthony Fauci has. Zero. So because of that, I'm not going to interfere with the relationship between you and your provider the way that Anthony Fauci has chosen to do so. But looking at, the, looking at the data, your description of the current situation is accurate. And we see it in the UK data. And you'll, you'll see it tomorrow when we lay this all out for you. Um, it, it is an accurate description. The vaccinated are getting it worse. At least that's what we're seeing in the UK. And I don't even know what to say to a guy like Neil Cavuto. That's just flat out cult level stuff. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Um, get vaccinated for other people. The CDC already admits that this doesn't stop the spread of the virus. It doesn't. Somebody sent somebody sent me an email that somebody else here at the Blaze had put out stats that made it look that made it sound like it stopped eight percent of spread. And I should like debate this person. And I'm like, why would we debate whether a vaccine stops? zero or eight percent of the spread out of 330 million people are either of those numbers any good mm. no are you do you see commercials on television pfizer eight <clears> percent <throat> we, we stop about eight percent eight percent of you we vaccinate won't get won't won't be able to spread this to anybody or get it yourselves of course they're not going to say that again prior to five minutes ago the point of a vaccine was to what uh, stop you from spreading something yeah. and getting it. Yes. And these don't do that now. And they're not even claiming that they do. They're going right to... See, what's Cavuto say? Well, I got it while being vaccinated, but if I didn't get vaccinated, it would be even worse. There is a guy that has spent his entire career just looking hardcore at numbers and data and making calculations based on 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 constants instead of variables. Is is out there on television making a pure emotional play on nothing but a variable. There's no way of knowing that. There's, there's absolutely no way of knowing that whatsoever. You know who does things like that? Cults. Cults do. Cults do. But what, we'll run through this data for you tomorrow, and you'll see that the trend line that began in the UK a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago is now emerging here. Same trend line. And that the trend line that began in the UK a couple of months ago is worse now than it was a couple of months ago. Here's a hint. In every age group except those under 30 who already were doing the best with the virus before we had vaccines anyway, in every age group except those under 30, the vaccinated are more infected with COVID than the unvaccinated are. Some of you will come back to me and say, well, Steve, you're the one that points out almost 80% of those over the age of 12 in England, in the UK are vaccinated. So, of course, there's going to be. Well, first of all, that's not how a vaccine is supposed to work anyway. So it's a stupid argument. It's a, it's a stupid argument. It's like saying, it's like saying let's, let's say we had a stat that said the, um, that um, in a majority Christian country, the majority of people who beat their wives are Christians. 
And if I came back to you and defended my faith on and its integrity uh, with a line like, well, of course we've got more wife beaters in Christendom. We've, I mean, we, we've got a lot more Christians. This is a great analogy. You would look at me like, as Finkter says what? Christians beating their wives is a thing now? Isn't I, I thought pretty much the goal of Christianity was uh, no wife beaters. And we're not talking about the t-shirt, right? But my response back would be, well, it's not fair to judge Christianity unfairly because it, 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 it per capita has, or it has, it just total number has more, more Christians. So of course, more Christians will be wife beaters than non-Christians. Would that be much of a defense? No. Would anybody take that seriously? No. Then, then, then why would we take that seriously in the context of the vaccine? It's a cult. Because it's a cult. That's right. That's a cult. But here's the handy thing about the UK data. They don't give us the raw numbers. They actually break it down for us per capita already. And what you will see tomorrow is per capita. Already broken down, not just raw numbers. Per capita. In every age group, except those under the age of 30, the vaccinated are more COVID infected than the unvaccinated. Period. End of sentence. Straight from the UK. Only country in the world I know of providing this kind of data. And we have to get it now because there used to be two countries providing this kind of data. Israel doesn't anymore and is now just giving everybody anything that moves a third Pfizer shot. So the UK is all we got left. So screen grab and screenshot as much of that data as you possibly can. Anybody want to add to that before we move on? And you guys, we've not talked about this. You agree or disagree that I just don't believe... I am in a position to blanketly tell people what to and not to do in, in, in this vast audience with their own health care. I'm Mr. Anti-Vaxxer, remember. I wouldn't say give it to absolutely no one. I think if you are that person over 70 riddled with comor- comorbidities, you're playing roulette one way or the exactly. other. So yeah. God bless you. I wish you all the best. We'll move on briefly before the break to Essex Ranch, who says the left had now declared war on every societal tenet that's been the American way since our conception. It's hard to keep up the fight against this complete takedown coming from every direction. My biggest fear is the direction of our national defense. As a military wife with direct knowledge of how bad it is, I feel no one is addressing that elephant. The military has been purged since the beginning of the Obama administration. We are weak and demoralized. What are your thoughts on the demasculinization of our military and the repercussions thereof in the near future? I, I think it's one of those situations because of the amount of gun ownership we have in our country privately and how politically balkanized we are in our country compared to other countries. In other countries, the military goes first and then the rest of the culture goes, right? You wake up one morning, military's gone, it's, it's, it's got new leadership, and here comes your new leader with a new round of tanks down, the, down Main Street, right? That great video from earlier this year, what country is that, where the chick's doing is it the, 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 uh, the aerobics Thailand video? Wasn't? Oh, uh, Burma. Burma. Uh-huh. All right, she's doing it, and, and, you know, and she can't be bothered, man. Why? Because next week it'll just be another fleet of tanks, because last week it, you know, it'll just, I mean, it's just like, uh, look, kids, parliament, okay? I mean, it, it's, 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 it's coup d'etat vacation with Chevy Chase, all right? Just... You know, whose who's tanks are coming down Main Street this time? Who's fighting for the anthill, the dunghill this time? In our country, I think the process will be the opposite. Because we do have balkanization at, via federalism. You do have governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott when he's facing a primary and shamed by Ron DeSantis. Um, and to some degree, governors like ours. We don't, you don't have stuff like that in like Italy and France. 
So because of the polarization that our federalism allows, and then the amount of private gun ownership within the populace, I think that process will end up works in reverse here. Meaning that once the military goes, it means that the whole culture had already gone. We're not conscripted. We're a civilian-led military. Um, you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. That, that it's not we get up one morning and now suddenly the DOD has tanks outside your school board meeting. It's like you can't you don't even have school board meetings anymore because your culture's gone. And so that's how the, that's why the DOD tanks showed up. I think that process works in reverse here. That that's why you saw like pro football and the military were like the last two bastions of mas- masculine culture subcultures left in the country. Because you know, when you when you come upon a tall piece of cheddar, you start from the top. They had to work their way down to that. In other countries, it doesn't work that way. You don't have that level of federalism. You don't have that level of of, of individual freedom, uh, self defense, and so it just starts with who controls the military is the new leader this this year. I think I think when we get to the point where when you're really worried that your military is going to turn on you, we're already into a civil hot civil war at that point, and it won't be breaking news. Could be wrong, but that's my analysis of the situation. We'll come back. More Ask Me Anything next here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. You know, there's never a great time to be all sweaty in public, especially... When it tends to happen at the worst times, a public speaking engagement, for example, not that I have any experience with that, okay, Uh, or a first date, a job interview, you just got pulled over, and originally it was just going to be a speeding ticket, but now, now you're sweating like mad, and guy in the badge is a lot more suspicious than he originally was, right? There's just never a good time. That's why you want to check in with our friends over at Sweatblock, stronger and more effective, their wipes are than most even clinical antiperspirants out there. Simply apply those wipes to your pits before bedtime uh, and you then go to bed. Get up the next morning, do whatever you do to get ready for work and uh, or the day, school, what have you, and you're good to go for several days on end. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. In fact, they've even got other products out there. Uh, they've got their own deodorant, which is fantastic. I have used that, can personally vouch for it. They've got deodorant lotions that smell great and then help you stay dry and some of those more sensitive areas of the body that can get swampy every now and then. All right, so try Sweatblock today. Get 20% off when you use the promo code, my last name, DACE, D-E-A-C-E, 20% off today. With the promo code DACE, just go to sweatblock.com, sweatblock.com. Use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at sweatblock.com. All right, let's get back to more Ask Me Anything. You know, I hear it comes in handy as well if you're unvaccinated and Jacinta Ardern is your prime minister. Uh, Moving on, (laughs) Buddy Lee says, uh, And me, Steve, you are easily a three-digit IQ fascinating guy, but when are you going to finally let Todd out to pasture with a pink slip and replace him with someone much brighter and far more interesting? I'm twice his age, and I can run circles around him in any discussions. I am not a pro broadcaster. Sadly, it's so obvious Todd is not an asset but a liability to the otherwise super daily program. We are talking of a good example of the Dunning-Kruger effect here, folks. Aaron McIntyre is a five-star asset of a producer. Have you ever heard of 
uh, the Duff. I mean, the chicks in this audience know what I'm talking about, right? You ever heard of the Duff? I don't think so. The the designated ugly fat friend, the Duff. <laughs> and so the in, in, within uh, you know, chicks, they, they, they have one of them hang out so that when they all go out to the club and stuff, they all look even a lot better yeah, by comparison. I've heard of the concept, yes. Yeah, okay. Works for guys too, right? Having Todd here makes me look a lot smarter, right? Now, Todd does a fantastic job. Thank you very much. I appreciated the honesty. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to serve something like that up, I'm not going to come to your defense. The dude code calls for me to bury you even more. That's what the dude code does. There are listeners who have only listened to the podcast. I am almost sure, who are new listeners, I'm almost positive when I hear some like really randomly harsh feedback, they get Todd and I mixed up. So he could be, he mm. could just be mistaken, Todd. He he could just get our voices. Could mixed be he up. just doesn't like Todd. No. I was I was. It's okay. To, There's no, something don't. about the three of us that, on an individual level, yeah. is unlikable for at least somebody out there. I was just I would don't, you don't have to rescue me. I was genuinely hoping he had this level of disgust for me. I, that's okay. Yeah, I mean I, I would take it as a compliment. Sure. frankly, sure. And I know that you do, knowing you. And I plan on not changing anything. So Good. just keep Indeed. writing on. Understood. All right, I feel compelled now because if I don't say this, so, uh, I say something positive. No, no, no. Every no. every woman no. in this audience is going to jump on me in my <laughs> inbox. Okay. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, I have actually gotten several complimentary emails about Todd over the last few months. Quite a few, as a matter of fact. So. I've even passed a few of them on to you, have I not? Yes. Okay. One guy said it was like his life's goal to meet me. That that happened. That was bizarre. Yeah. But thank you. To which, of course, he needs to obviously have maybe a little stretch out a little bit higher ambitions. But yeah, yeah, sure. We'll move on. Philip Tate says, "I greatly appreciate your show. You all seem to be in favor of the idea of state-funded schools, as you often encourage parents to run for the board, stop sending their kids to school in masks, etc. Given that the public schools have broadly stunk at fulfilling their mandate to educate, have been subverting our children for generations into godless secularism, Marxism, etc., and the fact that government has no business being in the realm of education in the first place, why do you support the legitimacy of state schools as an option for most Christians? I'm genuinely curious, but I also want to point out that the reason we're losing the battles we seek to fight now is because we've freely given our children to the state for decades. As Vadi Bakum says, we send our children to be educated by Caesar and are surprised when they return to us as Romans. So, Philip, you you might be new to this show. That's possible. I have three children. None of them have ever set foot as a student in a government school, and they never will. Um, while they live in my roof, anyway. So, uh, we've homeschooled all three of our kids, our oldest all the way through. Our second uh, oldest is a junior. She'll be homeschooled all the way through. Our son had several extracurricular interests that were difficult for us to access via the homeschooling community here in our area. So he is at Des Moines Christian. Um, I, 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 I'm not a fan of the government schools at all. I'm also understanding of what I can and cannot achieve. So here's what I can achieve. My kids have never set foot as a student in a government school. I can achieve that. Uh, for a long time, 
in our family, especially when Anna, our oldest, was young and early in school age, we were a single household paying a mortgage and I made about $40,000 a year. And that's all we had to pay mortgage and homeschool all the kids. Before our show really began to reach a new level of success in the last two years, I came up with another $10,000 a year I don't have to send Noah to Des Moines Christian. So I, I'm not a fan of them at all. I, I, if we could, I'd want all the parents to get all their kids out of there. I, I, there's a wing of, though, I'm, I'm going to use this occasion to say this because I haven't said it in a while and I'm a little worried we might be getting too popular and I want to do something about that. Okay? There is a wing of Christian conservative thinking. I've run into this. Where often the phrase making the perfect the enemy of the good is used as a fallacy for taking no principled stance at all and justifying uh, the fact that you're just a freaking whore, basically. Okay? Just a whore for politicians and your favorite political party. I, I mean, I would say at least 80% of the time that that phrase is used, it's, in that, it's actually in that context. But it doesn't mean that there is no proper context for using it. I mean, I thought Ron Paul had some great ideas. I thought his foreign policy was beyond naive. I, I, I mean, he had a foreign policy view that pretended like the, the, the seven churches of Asia Minor just got together. Um, Muhammad and the hordes showed up with their curved swords on horseback and they just like had an election and they just, just decided to be Muslims. Gave up on Christianity and decided that the Quran was now true. No, dude, they got in friggin' invaded. That even if there was no Israel, even if there was no role, the United States played no role in the Middle East, the United States began, didn't exist until the latter half of the 18th century. Is there any history of, of Islam prior to the latter half of the 18th century? Yeah. Of Islam acting as a warrior invasive culture. Any history of this whatsoever? Quite a bit, actually. So, uh, so which, what's older? U.S. foreign policy and friendship with Israel or, the, or Islamic invasive oppressive culture? What's older? The latter. And, by, and is it even close? No. No. In fact, Israel didn't come along until 1948. So it's less than 100 years old in its current iteration. This idea that they would just, Iran would be great. He even said in a debate in Iowa that, hey, if Iran gets a nuclear weapon, so be it. I don't blame Iran. In fact, he said, I don't blame Iran for getting a nuclear weapon. Israel has them. I heard him say it. I was there. That's nuts to me. We live in a, I, I find it fascinating you know, I often pick on the pre-mill crowd for how crazy they can get. Let me pick on you on, on the, some of the post-mill crowd. I'm going to guess that's where we're at with the Vody Bacham invocation, and I'm a fan of Vody's, by the way. But it's like, do you guys actually believe in, do you even total depravity, bro? Do you believe in it? Do we believe in total depravity or not? Yes. What does total depravity mean? Uh, it means um, total depravity, which means we will run into some things and structures that are so deeply embedded, they're irredeemable. Now, you're going to say, 
in response to that, you're exactly right, which is why we shouldn't have schools. I agree. I don't think we should have government schools. Is there any meaningful ability for us to no longer have government schools currently applicable in the real world that we now live in? No. No. Which means we are therefore going to have what? Government schools. Which means, therefore, now we are in conflict because we have a situation where I have I'm, I, I made choices that were huge financial sacrifices, my wife and I did, to not subject our kids to them. I'm in a position now financially where it would not be a huge sacrifice for me. But for most of the years my kids were growing up, it was a major sacrifice because we still had to pay for all the curriculum and everything else. And the, and, the, and the wife who's actually got the real education couldn't go into the workforce to make any money with it because she had to stay home and educate the kids. So we're paying for all her student loans. Not, she's not generating an income. I understand what a tremendous sacrifice homeschooling is. I've done it. I get it. I also understand what a tremendous blessing and benefit it is. Because I've done it. And I did it. That being said... Did they still have the largest high school in the state of Iowa five minutes down the street from my house? Yeah. So there were still thousands of kids there every day, even though I was doing my thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess then I, part of love your neighbors, you love yourself, I guess, you know, I just leave those kids to kind of fend for themselves, right? Right. I just of totally, course. totally just subject them to the whims of the enemy. And pretend it has no impact on all yes. the things you yes. care yes. about. Even though my kids are going to grow up in the exact same neighborhoods. Gonna, gonna, my, my daughter's going to manage a business at the exact same mall most of those kids go to and come in and shop. My kids are going to date those kids or date people that date those kids and be around. You see what I'm saying? I mean, this is, I don't understand this. Why, I don't understand the, the inability to do two things at the same time. I'm not a fan of state-sanctioned schools at all. I wouldn't. I made choices I couldn't afford to stop my kids from being subjected to them. I also, though, can't stop thousands, if not millions, of other kids from being subjected to them. And so my calling as a father, as a Christian father, is to make sacrifices for my children. My calling as a Christian person is to love my neighbor as I love myself. So follow me here. Stick with me now. Now, I haven't done a lot of, I've not done a lot of things where I, as a believer, where I really think I stuck the landing on this one. I have not. I can't be much more open about my own brokenness than I have been. How many, how often on this show or on a regular basis? More often than anybody had a right to expect. Or to the point it might even make everybody around me a little uncomfortable, including listeners. Okay. On this one though, I think I might've stuck the landing on this one because here's what we did. Follow me now. We didn't subject our kids to this wickedness. And then at the same time, tried to save as many of the kids caught and families caught in the wickedness as we possibly could. That's what we did. I think we got this one right. So, you know what? Cool. Don't do anything. And 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 you'll show you'll see no difference. Go shopping at the stores run by the kids that grew up here and no one's fought for them. No one stood up for them. Okay. Um how about I don't know, the next generation of doctors think that this generation of doctors might suck? The amount of people they've left to die in hospitals with no early treatments or pharmacists. Think this generation of them's bad? Let's do another couple like this. What do you think? Think that'll work? No. I think that'll be great. Great ideas. Great ideas. 
We cannot ignore the realities of the world. Now, I don't believe there's always an opportunity to positively engage. There's not. Jesus looks at his followers at one point and says, hey, when you see the abomination of desolation, flee, get out. Also says in other places, you know what? You gave them their best chance. They ignored you, kick the dust off your sandals and move on. Are there times and places when a culture is so far gone that there is no, no way to positively reach it whatsoever without wasting your time or tainting yourself? And so the scriptures call for us to hit the eject. Do those times exist? Yes. Yes. I don't think that we're at that point in this culture because look at the amount of positive influence we can still have. Oh, and I didn't even mention yet, they're still taxing us for this, brother. You're still paying the freight for this, brother. So you bet your ass you have a say in what goes on there, whether your kids are subjected to it or not. You're paying for it. But this argument of let it be I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Just let the enemy have his youth ministry. Not a lot of suffer the little children to come unto me there. Just let the enemy have them. I don't, that one I don't get. I don't get that. And I, I kind of think there's a lot better arguments for why people might want to join our tribe than we just left all the kids to perdition's flame and damnation. I don't know. I just, I kind of think we can maybe come up with some better arguments for Christian modeling than we don't care about those kids. Is there a better mission field here in America than for guys like this to actually run for school board? I, I know. Because you don't care. Your kids aren't in there. You don't care what they say about you. Dude, you ought to be the first one running and just go in there and friggin' wreak havoc on the whole place. You don't care who you offend. You don't care about PTA minis. Your kids don't hang out with their families. You just go in there, man, like a bunch of crazed dogs, as Lawrence Taylor once said, scorched earth, kick the tires and light the fires. You ought to be the first ones running because you don't give a rip. Burn it down. Have any problems with pain? I'm having some pain problems right now. That's why after this show, I'll be popping a couple of Omega XL, although I don't know if it'll help with this kind of pain. But it does help with chronic pain, I know, because I use it on a daily basis. And chances are, what's causing your chronic pain is inflammation, and that's what Omega XL is. An all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research, and right now you can try it. Uh, and get buy one bottle, get your second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 800-844-4888. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.